Hey, everybody, it's Mr. B here. Welcome back to another episode of Mr. Bever's Neighborhood. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. And I have always wanted to have a planeswalker friend just like you. And hey, guys, it's Mr. Combo number five here. Uh, you can always catch uh, our content on uh, Twitter at CMD Tower or at Mr. Combo number five. I'll spell out except for the five. And I've always wanted to live in a multiverse with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful board state. Uh, here in Mr. Bever's neighborhood, we are here to address the salt in the room. In every episode, we're going to address a top salty card from the EDH rec salty list uh, and have our dear friend, Mr. Bevers, help us navigate the social constructs around it. And we're going to do this the following ways. What makes the card annoying or salt inducing? Why do we us personally react in this way if we do? And then finally, how can we form habits that can change this way of reacting over the long haul? So today we're talking a very hot card and Dockside Extortionist. If you're not familiar with the card, it's a colorless red creature Gabo Pirate. It's a 1-2, and when it enters the battlefield, you create X treasure tokens where X is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control. Um, so... You know, uh, it's it's up there. Uh, it only has one printing, and that was in Commander Precon 2019. Uh, the card right now is a cool $65.48. Essentially, if you just would have bought that Precon, you would have made $25.48 off that one card. Mm -hmm. And the uh, salt meter... For this guy, at least based on the 2022 salt meter, it has a salt score of... It's really low. Two. It has a salt oh. score of two. It's almost halfway down the list of the top 100 saltiest cards. And it is in Mr. B. I don't know if you have EDH rec pulled up. Hopefully not, or this will spoil it. How many decks do you think Dockside Extortionist is in per EDH rec. Per EDH rec, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna guess it's got a. Okay, so the total number of decks on EDH rec is like in the hundreds of thousands. I think, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm if I'm thinking correctly, so I'm gonna guess it's got to be close to like seventy, eighty thousand decks. One hundred and eight thousand decks. Have a dockside extortionist in there, rough representing roughly it's in 20% of decks that have red that, that have can red. run yeah. dockside extortionist. And I just want to, for comparison, Soul Ring, probably one of the most used cards ever. Um, hmm. That's in 936,000 decks. It's about 83% of all commander decks. So it right. can kind of give you, uh, you know, mentally a little bit uh, to look into. Okay, how often do I see Soul Ring? Well, I would probably see a Dockside one out of four Soul Rings, give or take. Sure. So, yeah, I, I guess it also depends on how often you're seeing a red deck, though, too, right? Because yes. Soul Ring can go in every deck, whereas mm -hmm. Dockside can only go in something that is red, right? So, yep. So, Mr. Bevers, why do you think the community finds this card so annoying or salt-inducing? So, I mean, I've heard a lot of uh, different takes on this card in my career. Uh, as a, <laughs> as a, And I say career in heavy quotes uh, as an MTG <laughs> content creator. Um, 
And that is uh, a lot of people don't like it because it essentially turns uh, people's decks on on turn two, as opposed to possibly needing turn four, five, six ish before they can start to combo out. Um, it definitely allows them to accelerate their gameplay very quickly. Absolutely, it does. Because, you know, um, a turn two dockside when your opponent, each opponent played like a soul ring or a, a signet of some kind on their turn two, nets you three treasures, right? Which means is not bad considering you only have two mana in play. You've now just more than doubled the mana you have available, right? So um, I think... I think you'll find like the, I mean, at least for me anyway, the, the, the salt inducing side of this probably is coming a lot more from the people who are playing a lot of fast mana, uh, because a dock side, it can just be backbreaking when you drop a, you know, mana crypt and a mana yeah. and all those things on turn one. Sure. And then your opponent goes dock side, make like eight <laughs> treasures on turn <laughs> one or two. And you're like, Oh, Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> it definitely comes in into play a lot heavily, like mo- much more heavily there for sure. Um, in my experience uh, at the casual tables, I haven't seen a lot of salt about this card personally. Yeah. Um, and I think that's mainly because generally speaking, when it does come out, it comes out either really early when it doesn't do a whole heck of a lot. Or it comes out really late and makes a whole bunch of mana, but the person doesn't have anything to do with all that mana now. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they, like they come, it comes out on turn like fifteen or some nonsense, sure. and it's like near the end of the game, and they make like thirty red mana, and they're like, "Great, uh, I my I'm hellbent. I'll do yeah. nothing now." And you're like, "Okay, <laughs> right?" Like, so uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, right? Where I think that the salt level from the community for this one. I think it's a lot, it's probably a lot more bark than it is bite. I think that's the way I want to put it, right? Is you see a lot of people yelling and screaming about it um, more so than you actually see it being a problem, right? Yeah. And, you know, some of the the notes that I had kind of written down, I actually think one of the the biggest reasons people might be salty um, or annoyed by this card, Mr. Beffers, I actually think it's the price. I think a lot of people are looking at this at $64 for a, just a good ramp card or great ramp card, depending on the situation. Uh, it's been printed once in a pre-con. That, that, now that pre-con's absurdly expensive to try to acquire. I <laughs> think if Dockside was a $15 card, I don't think we'd hear anything about it. I think it's purely just there's so many of them out there because of the pre-con the people that didn't have an opportunity to get the pre-con or just didn't want to buy it. Cause they're like, that's stupid. I don't, I don't need that. So I think it was in the Jeskai pre-con, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that pre-con was trash. It was flashback. It sucked. <laughs> it was not good. Um, and so I think that's a lot of it. It's the availability. Cause you've seen it. Like people get salty with like Gaius cradle is on the salty list and a lot of reserved list cards are. And I think a lot of that is just more, the financial means to acquire the card is like, oh, I don't want to spend $64 on this, so I'm hellbent or I'm frustrated at the card. Why are you so expensive? Like, do you think there's some validity to that? Absolutely, there could. Absolutely, there is, right? Like, there's definitely people out there who, like you said, I mean, especially with reserve list cards, right, are going to be like, 
upset to see them across the table because they're like, oh, you're playing that. It makes me salty because I can't afford yeah. that card to put it in my deck. And and the thing the thing that's funny about that, and we can digress if you want, but there's no reason to get salty about your opponent playing a card that you can't afford mm-hmm. because because making that statement in itself proves that if you could afford it, you'd play it. Yep. So yeah. why would you get salty at someone who can't afford it and play it? Like it does is it just seems strange to me. It seems strange to me in that sense, right? Because yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna play it if you could afford it, then why should you be upset if someone who can afford it plays it? Right? Because mm-hmm. you wouldn't want them to have that attitude towards you if you were the in their shoes. So very fair. But to, to back to your point about Dockside, absolutely. It, should it be a sixty dollar card? No. Do I think that you know uh, there's a lot of discussion? I mean, maybe we'll get into this uh, later in the episode, and I don't want to spoil things, but there's been a lot of talk around uh, it being banned in Commander. Uh, you know, and I think that's a lot of again bark and not bite, and people just kind of you know throwing their arms up in the air, being like, "Please ban this card! I hate it." Uh, <laughs> because it's more along the lines of they, like you said. They don't want to play with it. They don't want to play against it because they can't Mm -hmm. afford it or they don't want to afford it because they don't think that it's worth the money that it currently costs, which is which is accurate, right? Like, I mean, do I think that Dockside should be a $60 card? No, definitely not. It's not (laughs) a $60 card by any means. Um, Is it worth that because of the market rate right now? Absolutely. It is because, you know, that like you said, I mean, there's a ton of copies out there because of the pre-cons. But mm-hmm. because it was only printed in precons, there's actually a finite amount of them. Yes. Uh, and I believe in 2019, I don't think they were allocating commander decks yet at that point. I know they are now. Uh, I don't know when they started, but what that means is essentially your LGS would only be allowed to get so many of them. Sure. Um, because of, you know, this is just, you know, your store has shown these numbers of sales and stuff. So here's how many you get. Um, and there was no like wiggle room of being like, well, can I order more? No. Sure. Right. That's it. That's all you get. That's all there is because we're not printing more essentially. Uh, and I've never seen an official statement, so I don't know. I can't say if this is true or not, but I believe that the commander decks are not print to demand. I believe they are mm. an allotted product. Um, in other words, they do a print run and then whatever's printed, that's all there is. Right. Gotcha. There's no, they don't go back and print more and re- and release them again like they do with booster packs. Right. Um, and I think that's partly because of the way they're packaged. Right. Sure. Uh, to be able to print them and package them is a lot different than printing and packaging booster packs. So mm-hmm. um, the booster packs can stay on the line, you know, three years or whatever with the with the essentially like images being ready to be printed onto the paper and put into the packaging because they have it in stock essentially at the printing presses right yeah um and so they can just reprint it but they don't have the cardboard and packaging for the commander decks still kicking around so they can't just print more whenever they want right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i that's actually a good point mr b they watsy should totally look into and I, I don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole, but you just gave me this idea. They should totally look into, okay, the first print run is the box, the oversized card, all of that stuff for commander decks. But then they, they should do something where it's like six months or whatever. If an LGS does want more of them, they can print on demand, but you don't get the box and the oversized card. Literally, they just do it down the line and it just goes into almost like a 
booster pack that holds 100 cards. You know, just be real thick packaging. They could totally do something like that and then do print on demand. And maybe these types of things don't happen. But yeah. Um, and, and who knows, right? Like maybe that's yeah. something that they could look into in the future. Watsy, pay us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the last thing I wanted to make uh, from a community perspective, because this is actually the argument I usually hear with Dockside, it's mm -hmm. the Blink reanimate abuse. That's the big thing that I have heard from the community, and I get it, because, I mean, we it wasn't abused, but we kind of saw that with tokens, with chat chaos uh, this mm -hmm. week. You know, Dockside happened three, four times. Um, yeah. and, and that's where it's like, oh, come on. Oh, man, another eight treasures, another eight treasures. Um, so, you know, what can you do about that? Really nothing. Uh, we'll kind of talk about how you can interact with Dockside and, you know, in the last section. But I think that's another valid-ish reason is like you could kind of almost go infinite with Dockside and Brago. Just keep blinking Dockside. You keep using the treasures to pay for the uh, extra um, activation and you just keep going. And then it's like, well, damn, I really can't do anything. Um, or Dockside to go infinite with a myriad of other things that dies and it comes back. You just need that initial mana investment. So mm -hmm. I do understand that those kind of things can be frustrating, but I think, Bevers, to your point you made at the very beginning, they're just doing that to get to the card that's already in their deck to win. Like, mm -hmm. So if they're going to torment a Hailfire you for 100, well, that was always their plan. Just Dockside was maybe option 1A, and there's also 1B, C, D, E, and F that all do the same right. stuff. That's right. Yeah, so I, I think I made that comment off the air, right? Um, oh, okay. Uh, to you prior to us starting, I believe. Uh, and that was, of course, uh, Dockside is essentially like a, uh, a means to an end, in, <laughs> in other words, right? So... And I was as I was talking to Mr. Cabo earlier before we got started recording, I was saying, you know, I think that Dockside gets a little bit of uh, blame for things that it doesn't actually do. Mm -hmm. And that is it doesn't actually end games. Yeah, right? it doesn't. It, it creates the ability to end games. Absolutely. It does. It doesn't end games itself. Right. Um, yep. And then, I mean, they're they're like, listen, always a grain of salt with every statement. Right. <laughs> and that is there are definitely some weird mechanics that you can do uh, with making infinite number of treasure tokens with a reanimate dockside nonsense and then sacking the treasures to ping all of your opponents for a lethal amount of damage. That is definitely a thing. Absolutely. So dockside could technically be your win con in that sense. But I think that it gets a lot of hate for basically generating the mana to be able to do the big. I want to say big silly thing that mm -hmm. that people want to try and do to end the game and or, uh, you know, just do something crazy and large. Right. And 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 make a big show of it. Right. So, sure. um, yeah, I think I think that Dockside gets a lot of hate and maybe a lot of salt for that reason as well, because it, there's people sort of blame it as a well, it's an enabler for everything else that you're doing. That's, you know, sure. Uh, uh, degenerate, I guess, is the best word of of putting it together, right? Um, and uh, but then again, Dockside's not the thing that's degenerate per se, right? It's the other thing that the person's doing with the mana that they received from Dockside that is now degenerate, right? Gotcha. So. All right, guys. Well, um, before we head over and hear why maybe Mr. Bevers and myself are personally salty or annoyed by this card, let's hear a little bit about our store. Hey there, Collective. Do you need a new playmat? Do you need some sleeves? Have you 
been forgetting your upkeep triggers. Well, be sure to head over to cmdtower.com slash merch and be able to pick up all the great swag made for you guys. It could be the Mr. Comma Number 5 Reminder Token. It could be the Squee McGee Get Up and Fight coin or heck, even our foil playmat or Jund holiday sweaters. All of it's there. Go check it out. Hey there, collective. So I personally feel this way um, because usually it's directed at me. Uh, and it's mainly because I lied. I don't feel this way. I'm totally fine with the card. It's really not that big of a deal for me personally. Um, I genuinely don't see it all that often. Uh, but as I mentioned in the previous segment, you know, I did experience a 3-4 Dockside use uh, on Mr. Bever's uh, Chaos Chat stream. So if you guys want to watch that, twitch.tv slash Mr. Bever's. Um, and, I mean, I don't know, Mr. B. Like, I think we were all fine with it. Like, really, the only thing that we were annoyed with was just in that particular game, it seemed like the mana was more investing into board wipes, and it just was, like, making the game go long. But that has nothing to do with Dockside. That's, like, that's what the player is choosing to do with their mana. So... <laughs> I, I think it's fine. I, I know how to work around it. Um, I know this was precast, but I had told Mr. Bevers that, I mean, I've been in dockside situations where I'm on the receiving end. And I actually sack all my artifacts so they don't get treasures for each of them. I have a choice in this because dockside doesn't say all artifacts enchantments create a treasure. It's opponents. So if you have a choice that you can bounce a bunch of your artifacts or enchantments, you can sacrifice them, blink them until end of turn, you can avoid it. So that's why I don't really get salty or frustrated because I know it's within my power to control. That's very fair. Um, I think for me, um, I think that you're going to find probably with this show in particular, um, I'm probably not going to be salty about anything that happens, uh, regardless of what the card is, because I just, for me, my attitude is, is that, you know, people are going to play what they want to play and they're going to do what they're going to want to do. And most people, most people, not everybody, but most people generally build redundancies into their decks, much like you mentioned earlier. If it's not 1A, it's 1B. If it's not 1B, mm -hmm. it's 1C. If it's not 1C, it's 1D, right? Like, yep. So Dockside is only one of the things that you need to be worried about in your opponent's deck at any given time. And when it comes into play and makes a bunch of mana, sure, it can be maybe a little disheartening, right? And you can be like, oh, what are they going to do now? Oh, right. They're going to pay three mana and Jessica's will for nine. Yeah. Right. And then now they've got even more mana. And then now what are they doing? Okay, they're doing something else. Oh, they're reanimating Dockside to make more treasures. Great. Cool. Um, yeah. So, like, these things happen. And yes, of course, it can make the game feel like it's kind of dragging to a point and blah, blah, blah. But I think you'll find in most cases where your opponent is looping Dockside for a re for a reason in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, if, they, if they're playing Dockside and making a bunch of treasures and then just casting a bunch of stuff with those treasures and then passing the turn, yeah, what are you worried about? Yeah. Right? What are you worried about? You shouldn't be worried about anything. Um, now, if your opponent is about to just pop off and play Dockside and make a bunch of treasures and then end the game, again, why why, why do you need to be salty about that? I don't know, because then the game ends and you get to shuffle up and play again, right? Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, for me, it just doesn't do it. It doesn't make me salty at all in any way. Um, but I do know that there are some people that definitely ha have adverse effects 
you know, from it and or maybe PTSD, as it were, right? Docside yeah. PTSD. Uh, they've been extorted one too many times, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, but as you said, right, like you as a player also have a choice of, you know, what you do with your board state. So if you see someone cast a Docside and you have a way to respond with your own permanence uh, by either mo- removing them from the play area or whatever, or maybe you just, you know, cover them with your arm and go, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't have any artifacts or enchantments. Uh, you know, like, listen, ham it up sometimes. It's sometimes that just it takes that little bit of humor to just kind of alleviate maybe the tension that might be building at the table. Right. In this sense. Sure. Yeah, um, that's that's completely fair. Um, yeah. And the only other thing that I was kind of thinking about is really uh, Dockside is not a card that can accidentally lock the game down or do something like that. So I think that's another reason why I don't really get frustrated by Dockside, because like a static orb, for example, that can hurt you depending on when they play it, like, and, you know, what your board state and mana situation and everything is. So, yeah, I, because I was actually scrolling through the list, it's like, yeah, you know, I'd probably be a little frustrated depending on when they did that. But Dockside, I'm like looking at it, it's like, it's just mana. Like, you're, you're just getting mana. And we'll talk about it in the last section, of course, but like, how do you in- interact with that? And there's actually tons of ways that you can interact with Dockside. Like, there's a lot. So um, I'm glad to hear, uh, you know, I, I, I am going to challenge you, though. I will find a card on that salty list that you're like, yeah, I probably wouldn't be a happy camper if uh, they played that. Might might ask him not to play that again or something. It's definitely Ugin. Oh my god. I cannot believe I got two Ugins that game. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we're about to head into the last section so you guys can hear how Mr. Bevers and I are going to change these habits so that way when Dockside comes, nobody's getting salty. But before we do, let's hear about our Patreon. Do you like CMD Tower content? Do you wish you could have more of it? Well, you should head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. That's where we really lean on the community for help in running our channel, but also giving back to you as well. So for just literally a buck a month, you can join and get tons of soft value, opportunities to be on the show, interact with the collective in our very lively chat. And then for even just buy 15 or 25 bucks, you're going to get swag. You're going to get RK post tokens. Really, it's one of the best values out there. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Now, Mr. Bevers, how can we, us, the community, change these salty habits around Dockside? I mean, this comes back to probably the same thing that we say almost every time on this show, right? And that is, it's a card game. Enjoy it for what it is. Um, and I know sometimes it's easier said than done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are definitely moments like, you know, where you can definitely get salty at certain things happening or maybe things aren't going your way and they're going the way for your opponent immensely more than you. Right. Um, and it can it can definitely have those moments of kind of, uh, you know, salt inducing or whatever you want to call it. I would say the first thing to do. Uh, if you're playing against someone and they cast a dockside and you start to feel yourself getting upset or angry about said dockside, take a few breaths, you know, count to five, right? Just in your head. And, and remember that 
you know, the your opponent is playing the game just as much as you are, and they're trying to win just like you are. Um, so their Dockside is in their deck for a reason, um, and you are probably about to find out what that reason might be. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you can't have fun with the scenario of Dockside coming into play, right? And mm-hmm. like I mentioned in the previous phase, you know, you can have a little bit of humor about it. You could cover up your cards and be like, I don't know, I only have one artifact. <laughs> disregard these eight more over here there's there's nothing to see right just kind of shove them off to the side stack them all on top of each other and be like see it's just one just one card right (laughs) there's not there's not eight cards here don't worry uh now of course in a tournament you can't really do do those things uh (laughs) because you know you might get called over by a judge and be like trying to hide game information or some nonsense sure uh, but, you know, this is we're talking friendly EDH here or maybe competitive EDH in the aspect of non-tournament sanctioned events. Um, so I don't know, just just take it easy. Enjoy the game for what it is. And there's so many things that you can do to like, you know, if you if you find yourself becoming completely, uh, I guess, obsessed with the fact that you with your hatred of Dockside, I guess is the best way of putting it. Um, there's a lot of things you can do to combat it, right? Um, that basically make it so that your opponent plays their Dockside and then goes, oh, sad face, right? Yeah. Because you have things that don't play so nicely with treasure tokens, per se. Um, and, I mean, I it's kind of like a trope, I guess, in the aspect of telling people how to deal with scenarios by saying like, oh, well, just play these cards then. Sure. You don't like it so much because you shouldn't, as a player, have to build your deck a- around playing against another card specifically, right? You shouldn't have to. Now, that being said, if you talk to any pro player worth, <laughs> you know, any amount of salt, Aha, uh-huh, see what I did there? Oh, I did. Oh, uh, ho, ho, ho. They will tell you that you should, you know, definitely build your deck to the meta you're playing in, yep. right? They, they will always tell you that you should always consider your opponent to have the very thing that you do not want them to have, right? And figure out a way to play around it, mm-hmm. right? With the cards that you have in your deck. So you should always be having some method of dealing with said problem in your deck, whether it's in your hand or not, when the dock side comes into play is a different story, but you should at least have access to it in your deck list at some point. And there's a, is a plethora of options. And in fact, there's even a whole bunch that can go into any deck because they're colorless. Yep. So, uh, you know, we can talk about some of those things unless you have something else you want to talk about first, Mr. Combo, but we can go no. down that road. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just think the biggest thing is uh, everything that you've said is accurate. Um, you know, I, I always kind of look at metas in two different boxes when it comes to Commander. Uh, because we are not playing officially sanctioned tournaments. There are not deck lists online from your opponents with the sideboards and you can mm-hmm. like research it, you know. So it's either A, you're going to your LGS and you're playing with some randoms. You know, you probably make some good friends and whatnot, but you got to have to, like a pro player, be prepared for anything. You know, what is the one thing that's going to hurt your deck? Be prepared for it. And that's where things like Torpor Orb or whatnot would be good. But then the other 
is your actual playgroup. So you should know what the meta is. And if there is a person that is every deck, Dockside's in it, and they're trying to do Dockside Underworld Breach type loops just to do the same thing. Um, just be prepared for it. Or don't play with that person. You know, hey, you know, we have enough for two pods. I don't want to play with Susie or Jim because they're always doing Dockside, and that's not fun for me. Dang and that's Jim. totally okay. Always causing problems. But uh, I think you had done some research. So, like, what are some of the cards and stuff that you think, like, people should, like, be aware of um, to kind so of, I mean, like, just deal with it? So let's start with the colorless things because those can go in any deck, right? There are a number yep. of options, of course, in other colors as well. But the... Uh, the colorless ones at least can go in any deck. And I mean, the first one, I think that, you know, let's be fair here. This can go in any deck. And it's actually not a bad card to run in in most decks, to be honest. And that's Karn, the great creator. Oh, yeah. Little, little four mana planeswalker, right? Activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control can't be activated, right? That's it. Tre treasures now do literal nothing. They sit on the yep. table and they sit there and stare at people. Planeswalkers are harder to remove than creatures. Uh, maybe a little bit easier to remove than, say, enchantments or something like that. But, like, you know, this is okay. This is still a pretty good spot to be. Um, and then plus one until your next turn. Up to one target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its converted mana cost. And you can minus two to choose an artifact card from outside the game and or in exile and reveal that card and put it into your hand. Now doesn't work so well in commander because you don't really have an exile sideboard to pick from however you can do some weird shenanigans with exiling cards from your own deck or from your own hand or from your graveyard or from play right like say you're say you're, you say for instance your graveyard gets exiled and it had a sweet artifact in it karn can get that back for you now here it comes mm -hmm. comes right back from exile right doesn't matter why it was exiled or what it's exiled with it's just in exile karn can get it back that's how it works so um, I think that a lot of people underestimate the power of that ability on Karn specifically. But anyway, the static ability is really what you're focusing on here because this is just a five mana, you know, artifact, uh, you know, dampening sphere, basically, I guess. Right. Yeah. In the aspect of it turns off all of your opponent's artifacts, not just treasures. So if they have soul rings or anything like that, just gone. Now, this is a big, bad feel in my opinion, to your opponents as well, because it does turn off their soul rings and their signets and all that as well. So a little, you know, get a little salt, give a little salt, you know, whatever, <laughs> right? It's just how it works sometimes. Um, but the other one that I have here on my list for colorless items is, in fact, Damping Matrix, um, which is, again, another exactly like Karn. Activated abilities of artifacts uh, and creatures can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. So treasures can't be activated because you have to sacrifice them. <laughs> so you cannot activate them to make the mana because you have to sack them. So you can't you can't essentially can't do the payment to make the mana. At least that's my understanding of how that works. Now, maybe I'm wrong. It's very, very possible that I'm wrong, but maybe uh, I'm not a judge. Just put it that way. <laughs> uh, but the other thing that I also like about daping matrix is that it is only 30 cents. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, if it does work um, that way, then, uh, 
you know, you just turned off their $67 card with a 30 cent card. So if mm -hmm. maybe your salt at its core is because financially you're not willing to invest or have the means to invest in that, you can feel good that you uh, hurt their pocketbook by shutting it off with a 30 cent. Right, exactly, exactly. And so those are the those are the colorless ones that I had. I feel like there's another one that I'm missing somewhere in here, um, but I can't remember what it was or what I, I had it listed somewhere before and I just I couldn't find it. We were looking for it before the show and I just couldn't find it. Um, and I did get clarification. A mana ability is an ability that produces mana. So <laughs> I would say since this does produce mana, you probably can get around damping matrix with the treasure. Right, which which makes sense. Uh, yeah, in that sense, I was just thinking that because of the sacrifice cost, you can't do it. But maybe that's uh, you know because it's part of the cost. If it's on the left side, I think of the uh, mm -hmm. colon. If the sacrifice is on the left side, it's just what you're paying to essentially make the mana. Do you know what I mean? Like it's instead yeah. of just saying tap to make mana, you're sacrificing it and tapping it to make mana. Then that's mm. part of the cost, and it allows you to do it because it does make mana, and therefore you can get around the damping sphere matrix. Yeah, so that's unfortunate in that sense. But anyway, you've got Karn and Colorless. I think I'm pretty sure there's another one out there somewhere that Torpor I can't Orb. remember the name of. Torpor well, so, Orb, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Torpor Orb shuts off the ETB effect of the Dockside guys. Um, right. And that card's pretty pretty cheap. It's colorless. You could put it into anything, and mm. you know ETBs is something. Don't don't think it's just for the Dockside. I mean ETBs no. run rampant index sure do, sure do sure do so so there you go torpor orb is another thing you you could use to to combat the salt of dockside i guess um the other ones i have here i have one of my favorite cards uh to play in a number of commander decks and and this is specifically uh has to go into something that can access white and green uh and that is yasharn uh yasharn is the big oh yeah pig. uh and i really enjoy the big pig uh myself um, because, not because of, you know, the fact that it shuts things off, but I like the ramp, right? And it's a four, four, um, for four mana, which is just pretty good value as it is. If it ramps you and gives you a four, 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 um, the, the players not being able to pay life or sacrifice non-land permanence to cast spells or activate abilities, it's just icing on the cake, right? Um, and it shuts off actually quite a bit more things than you think it does, right? Not just treasures, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff where it's like, you can no longer sacrifice permanence or oh, okay. pay life, right? Mm -hmm. So, and there's a lot of stuff out there these days. It's like pay X life to do this thing or pay or sacrifice X number of permanence to do this thing. Like, uh, so, you know, Shard is just a great little uh, combatant to all of these types of things. So, and it shuts Dockside off, right, as well. Like they make a bunch of treasures and then they can't even use them. So it doesn't matter, right? Yep. Um the then there's a few other ones that are interesting. Um, there's a mono green one, of course, and a mono white one, of course, that basically do the same thing, right? As what we were talking about before, as Karn. Um, so you've got Stony Silence, of course, right? Uh, which is activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated, so your treasures can't be tapped and sacrificed to make mana. So this just shuts those off entirely. Now, the difference here is that Karn is your opponent's control stony silence is all so Everyone. it impacts you yep. it's symmetrical so just keep that in mind stony silence does impact your board state as well so keep that in mind when building around stony silence uh same thing with this one mono green basically stony silence on a body except this is collector oof, oof. yes love oof. Uh, the big old oof 
um, and its activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. That's it. That's all it is. Um, now, I mean, uh, basically, Stony Silence, like I said, on a body, right? Stony Silence on legs, as it were, I guess is what you want to call it. I don't know. Because uh, it is a 2-2, right? For two mana. So it's basically a bear that prevents your opponents from being able to sacrifice their artifacts. So there you go. Now, one of my favorite ones that's come up recently, um, which is not really necessarily a preventing of Dockside being able to use its mana increase, but more of a sort of downside for your opponent to sacrifice these treasures. And that is Viridian Rebel. Uh, great little green enchantment from Scars of Mirrodin. Uh, three mana that says whenever an artifact is put into an opponent's graveyard from the battlefield, you may draw a card. <laughs> so, like, if your opponent wants to sack their treasures, you get to draw a bunch of cards. Uh, so, it's just a great little tool in your green decks that essentially gives you value for your opponent popping off. Like, I mean, and these are the kind of things you need to look for. I'm, there's probably tons of other options out there. These are the ones that I just kind of picked up quickly before we started the show today. Um, and just, I'm sure that um, a number of you out there listening to this show will be able to pick up a few others and, and mention them like, you know, I don't know. I'm assuming you have a comment section on this, uh, podcast somewhere on one of the many various sites that it's listed on. Um, but yeah, if people want to leave comments and leave their favorite way to, you know, you know, stick it to the dockside treasure token player, uh, by all means, uh, let us know. Yeah. And some. Some other ones, guys, to be familiar with, um, <clears throat> Hushbringer is a great one. It's just a colorless white. Creatures entering the battlefield or dying don't cause abilities to trigger, so you're getting additional value with that, and it's you know one, two, flying lifelink. Another one, Blind Obedience. At least the treasures come in tapped, <laughs> so it does make them wait a turn cycle. So you yeah. know most people with Dockside are trying to explode that turn. Well, it's kind of hard to explode when you get none of your mana. So... Um, those are just another couple to, you know, just kind of keep your eyes on. You're going to see a lot of the stuff is going to be in white and a bit of green um, if it's not colorless, just because that's what white kind of does. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, there's cards out there that Mr. Reverend and I, you know, don't necessarily know about or top of mind where it's like, hey, whenever an activated ability of an artifact is activated, sacrifice it at the end of turn or, you know, or take a point of damage. You know, there's tons and tons of cards out there you just have to be able to put in the time and know what specifically to search for in scryfall but uh for sure definitely uh make sure you guys comment in the specialty episode part of the discord some of those favorite cards if you're not a part of our patron community and don't have access to all the channels you can still do that in the general um and you know our mods can kind of uh you know help help with that dialogue so well hopefully our fellow members of the collective you too have learned how to be a more joyful magic player when your opponent attempts to throw salt in your eye or a goblin down your throat. Mr. Goblin number five, say and see ya. Do you want to say bye? Oh, thanks everybody for tuning in. I've been Mr. Bevers. I hope you all have a wonderful day in whatever plane you choose.